The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What happened in that debate last night? We'll show you some previews of it. Well, previews, no. Wait, we're going to show you some clips of it. We have Senator Ted Cruz, Brian Dean Wright, great light in the mood. We're going to have a blast tonight on Amrath. Well, there are moments in politics, moments in life, really, where you should appreciate that you've seen something no one has really seen before, right? I've had these moments. I'm sure you've had these moments in your life where you're looking at something and you think, I'm never going to see that again, or I've never seen that before, so it's special, or, or no one's ever going to see something like this again. John Fetterman versus Dr. Oz, it's a huge race. That's Everyone in the country is paying attention to it because it's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is this important swing state. All kinds of ugly stuff happened there during the 2020 election. They never really got to the bottom of it. There's such, it's such a different state too with, you know, Philly's gonna vote this way, the country's gonna go vote that way. It's just, it's one of those ones everyone's watching right now. John Fetterman. John Fetterman has been a lifelong idiot. He's just been a politician his entire life, mooched off his parents his entire life. And now, after he's worked his way up from small town mayor, which he wrecked that small town and worked his way up through politics, now this is his time to be senator. And I've got some experience with this. These guys, they, they run for office. They'll, it'll be small and it'll be bigger and bigger. And by the time they get to Congress or Senate, they feel like they're entitled to it. And that's what Fetterman's done. 
That's why he's, what, in his 50s now running for Senate. And this is his time. Except life comes at you fast. Life's unfair. John Fetterman had a stroke, a significant stroke. And if you're watching me right now on the television, I bet you money you have some experience with someone in your life or maybe yourself, you've had a stroke. They're terrible things. I've had family members die from them. So it's not, it's not good. It's not really a laughing matter at all. They're awful things. And they, they mess you up. They can paralyze you. They mess with your brain function. They can kill you. But John Fetterman had a stroke. And I know, I understand that this was supposed to be his time and his turn. And, and he gets to be a senator now. I've worked my way up. But John Fetterman can't be a United States senator. It can't. The United States Senate is a critically important body. It is the preeminent legislative body on the planet. Part of being a United States Senator, one of the main parts of being a United States Senator is speaking and then hearing people. I mean, look, my job isn't even important, right? I'm a TV host and radio host. It's not even an important job. I'm not allowed to do this if I can't talk. If I wake up tomorrow and someone had uh, surgically removed my voice box in the middle of the night, I'm sorry, but you've watched Jesse Kelly on I'm Right for the last time. That's just part of the job. Tom Brady doesn't get to keep playing quarterback if he can't throw anymore. If you're a senator and you can't complete sentences or understand sentences, well, you can't be in the United States Senate. And that's unfair. Life's unfair. But this human being right here cannot represent the United States of America both at home and abroad. I want you to look at this gigantic oaf, and I want you to picture this human being, human being, let's say, negotiating oil with a Saudi prince. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. That guy can't be a senator. And i tell you something else, that guy's wife should be freaking ashamed of herself. Ashamed of herself. I've never seen anything like that. I pay quite a bit of attention to politics, as I know you probably do, too. I've never seen anything like it. You thought that was bad. Here's what he had to say about taxes. I'm still not sure what he said here. Mr. Fetterman, I will allow a 15-second rebuttal. He has specifically said you have not paid your taxes and that you want to raise taxes on Americans. How do you respond? Uh, absolutely. The Oz rule, of course, he's lying. It was helping two students 17 years ago to help them you know, buy their own homes. They, they didn't pay the bills and it got her paid. And it has never been an issue in, in any of the campaign before. It was all about nonprofit. That guy can't be a United States senator because he can't talk. Oh, Jesse, that's a, it's his disability. I know, life's unfair. Can't be a senator, you can't talk. Which brings us to the other race everyone's paying attention to. Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin actually has a chance in New York. And he definitely has a chance now because Kathy Hochul debated him last night and wrote his next campaign ad for him. 
And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro criminal laws with zero tolerance, but they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me, and then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Yeah, I think Lee Zeldin's going to win that race. I mean, what's her answer for the fact people are fleeing New York? Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, and I've been asking for months, and my opponent still can't finish this sentence. You can't expect her to ever fix it. But New York leads the entire nation in population loss because. She actually got asked this question by the media a few weeks ago when she was at Binghamton Airport. She probably would love to have a redo because she messed it up that time. For me, you ask me, why does New York lead the entire nation in population loss? Because their wallets, their safety, their freedom, and their quality of their kids' education are under attack. So they're hitting their breaking point. They're looking at other states like the Carolinas, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and elsewhere, and they feel like their money will go further, they'll feel safer, and they'll live life freer. I swear I think the guy's going to do it. Now I'm getting my hopes up. Anyway, let's ask Ted about this. Joining me now, my friend Senator Ted Cruz has a new book out, going to talk about this and other things. Senator, or I guess I should say author at this point in time, author of the new book, Justice Corrupted, which we'll get to in a moment. I... I'm genuinely not being mean because strokes are horrible things. As I said at the beginning of the show, I've had plenty of experience with it in my own family. They're awful. Everyone knows they're awful. So it's not a laughing matter. But as a United States senator, maybe you can speak to the fact that speaking and understanding other people when they speak is a fairly critical part of the job. And that if you can't do that, Republican or Democrat, you shouldn't be in the Senate. Well, Jesse, thank you for having me on. Good night. <laughs> no, it was, Senator, I'll be honest, I, yes, it was funny, but it was sad. It was genuinely sad, and I found myself asking, who are the people in this guy's life that are going to step in? If that was my father or my wife or something, I would have, I would have walked out on stage and said, we're done here, we're, we're done. And yet these people don't seem to care. Well, look, you see Jill Biden doing it with her husband. I mean, I mean Joe Biden is, yep. is obviously suffering with with a serious loss of mental acuity at, at this point it, it it is undeniable and and last night i will say you know fetterman's answer on fracking is is so painful to watch um listen i i hope this man recovers get gets better he clearly hasn't yet and he may never i mean a stroke victim that can stay with you forever it's difficult to see how he could perform the job given the the lack of awareness he seems to have of anything going on around him listen being in the senate you're in hearings you're listening to witnesses you're considering evidence you're reading complicated bills um you got a job to do and you, you should be meeting with constituents meeting with with farmers and ranchers and small business owners and, and parents and like all the people in the state, you need to be listening to them. Uh, and, and I will say on top of that, even if Fetterman were fully cognizant and healthy and able to engage in a conversation, 
his substantive policy issues are radical and extreme. You look at Fetterman's record on crime where serving on the parole board over and over and over again, he voted to release murderers, to release violent criminals. You look at the crime that is, is sweeping the country, but especially Pennsylvania. You look at Philadelphia with a left-wing George Soros district attorney who keeps releasing violent criminals, and that's that's what Fetterman supports. And and I don't think the people of Pennsylvania are remotely happy with, with the massive increase in murder rate and crime rate they're seeing because of these left-wing policies. How do these states that are purple states end up with these guys who are so far to the left. Pennsylvania, it may not be red, but it's also not California. And yet you end up with that guy up there. How is this happening so consistently now? Well, listen, the Democrat Party nationally has been radicalized. It is gone to the extreme left. There are no moderate Democrats left in Washington. When When I got elected to the Senate 10 years ago, there were some moderate Democrats, not a lot, but but they still existed. There are none left anymore. That this is a, the party of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and AOC. And you look at something like criminal justice, my new book that just came out this week, Justice Corrupted, how the left has weaponized the legal our legal system. I walk through how these left-wing DAs, for example, the George Soros DAs, I walk through Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, how he got elected. George Soros put millions of dollars behind electing these radicals to be DAs. And they come in explicitly saying, this is how you dismantle our justice system. A district attorney has enormous authority, number one, in whom to prosecute. And you can use it as an avenging angel, as a weapon to target your political opponents. And sadly, we're seeing that, particularly at the US Department of Justice. But you can also use it in the decisions of whom not to prosecute. And when you have a DA that just lets violent criminals go, it's another way of abolishing the police. It's another way of defunding the police. So I've got a chapter in the book that talks about, for example, the Waukesha Christmas Parade murderer. You remember that horrific incident in in Waukesha, Wisconsin, where this deranged racist lunatic drove his red SUV into a Christmas parade, murdering children, murdering little old ladies, the dancing grannies were were dancing, and he just deliberately plowed into them, murdering people. Well, what is maddening is that same guy had been in and out of jail over and over and over again, and the left-wing DA kept letting him go and letting him go. And, And just days before that mass murder, he had been arrested, for running somebody else over with the same damn red SUV, running a woman over with that truck. And what happened? The DA gave him a slap on the wrist, a tiny little bail, let him go. And you know what? When you let violent criminals go, they do it again. And and this, this is by design. This is what Fetterman supports. This is what the Democrats in Washington support. The book is Justice Corrupted. I would encourage everyone to go get it because it is the issue that is the problem right now in this country. Senator, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse. Always good to be with you. And go Strohs. Go Strohs. (laughs) All right. Now, we got my friend Brian Dean Wright coming up because there's something going on with the Saudis. You know how we've been having 
tensions with the Saudis, courtesy of the Biden administration. Well, there's more of those now. But let's let's talk about let's you know let's talk about something beautiful, something wonderful. Ammunition. You know what nobody has ever said in the history of mankind? No one has ever looked at their ammunition and said, Oh, I've got too much. It's never happened. Many person has said, eh, I don't have quite enough. But as someone who loves to buy ammunition, I know exactly what you've been going through. It's hard to find. It's hard to find, and it's expensive. So here's what you get. You get on these text exchanges. I'm on them, too, with my buddies. Hey, did you see this website has this one? Or this website has that one? Did you see? What if you could look at a bunch of websites through one website? Amoseek.com. 260 retailers. You don't have to go, well, I, I have 10 tabs open, one website, ammoseek.com. And when you go sign up, and it's free to sign up, this is free to you, it's free to sign up, tell them Jesse told you to do so. Ammoseek.com. You're welcome. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. A vaccine mandate. Not that I ever supported any of that, as you well know, but what is the purpose? What was the purpose of the vaccine mandate? You remember, the purpose was stopping the spread. It was because they told us the vaccine would stop the spread, so everyone has to get the vaccine to stop the spread. Now, that's tyrannical and evil, and I never participated in it, but that was always the justification. But that was what they were saying like a long time ago. No one's even pretending that anymore now. The CDC director herself came out a year ago and said, ah, we were wrong, it doesn't stop the spread. They've all, Pfizer included, all of them have had to admit it doesn't stop the spread. And yet, that still seems to be something people think should be done. Joining me now, my friend Brian Dean Wright. He's the host of the great President's Daily Brief podcast. It's your daily listen. Less than 20 minutes. Be boned up on all the issues. Brian, Joe Biden got his 12,000th booster shot. Of course, it had to be on TV because everything has to be performative these days. And then promptly told everyone that they have to go get it to protect others. Brian, why would getting a vaccine, or if we're still calling that, why would it protect others? Oh, dear. We've got a little fake news, some misinformation about COVID. Yeah, you, you said it correctly. We've got uh, two different folks uh, from the White House. One of the doctors that's part of the COVID-19 response team saying this same thing, that if you get it, it protects you and others. Joe Biden said it again yesterday. So we know, as you correctly said, that is just not true. If there is a benefit, it is a therapeutic benefit to the person taking the jab itself, although that's not true for everybody who gets it. Ask your doctor if you want to do it. 
The bottom line is Joe Biden spreading misinformation again about COVID. And he's doing this now over and over and over again. That's the part that's curious. We should talk a little bit more about why that might be, because it's not just Joe Biden saying yesterday that these jabs are going to protect others. He's also spreading other kinds of misinformation, which is that the big promise for these new boosters, he said, is that they are better than the old jabs, right? That's why Pfizer and Moderna went into their labs and tinkered with it to give us a better response with these new COVID variants. Well, turns out that's not true either. So a report, a bunch of researchers at Columbia University and University of Michigan came out with a report yesterday, research showing, in fact, that that's not true. So they took the old jabs, they got the new jabs, and they put it with lots of different variants. And what they showed was that the, the antibody response, these neutralizing antibodies, no different with the new jabs for the new variants than the old jabs. So we're, we're being told again by the U.S. government, Pfizer, Moderna, Joe Biden, hey, the new jabs are better for you. Well, this data says that's not true. So we yet have one more sort of peg in this long march of you know lots of big promises. And then actually, that's not how it turns out to be true at the end of the day. One other final great piece on this, by the way, Joe Biden said, hey, look, if you've been fully vaccinated, you, all you got to do is just get one more jab. And again next year, right? So that's the other great part <laughs> of the, the press conference yesterday. Well, Brian, I don't understand, though. If they didn't change the formula in the little stroke shot thing, then why is Pfizer jacking their prices up 10,000%? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, dear. Well, Pfizer is saying that the reason they're increasing the markup 10,000% next year, although some people are saying it might be closer to 8,000. So let's be charitable. It's closer to 8,000% oh. markup. <laughs> That's oh. better. Pfizer is saying, hey, we're doing it because we need the revenue. There are fewer people probably going to get these jabs, so we need to increase our markup to keep up our revenue. I mean, okay, <laughs> sure. But the real the shocker in this is they said, hey, but don't worry because you won't see the price hike. And that's because the people buying this are going to be your insurance companies or the US government. Never mind that we're all taxpayers and we pay the government's bills. Or you, of course, pay premiums and deductibles and co-pays. So you will pay for these jabs one way or the other. So the response by Pfizer here that none of us are gonna feel the pain either in our arms or in our pocketbooks is just false. Brian, let's talk about something off topic before we get to the Saudis here in a moment. I think about this sometimes. You just mentioned Joe Biden out there spouting this easily verifiable lie. And I think about the country as a whole and how are we supposed to overcome that level of dishonesty when it comes from the very top? We're not talking about some liberal blogger in San Francisco here. When the president of the United States of America gets up and spouts black and white lies, what chance does the average American have? As much as, as much as your podcast has blown up, and I'm thrilled to see that it has, 330 million Americans are not listening to it every single day. So you have all these well-meaning people out there. What chance do they have to find the truth? None. Well, what it means is that, in fact, Elon Musk, uh, of course, the CEO of soon-to-be Twitter, and others are saying, look, there's a great thing happening in this country right now, and it's citizen journalism. 
right? It's folks like you, like me, like others, who at least are putting out there, look, here's what we understand to be true in terms of the facts. Here's our, you know, our opinions or our analysis on those facts. And then you all, American people, you have to discern what's truth. So it puts the burden on us to, to not look for, you know, the Walter Cronkites who put out real journalism, because those folks are gone now. It means we all have to do a lot more work to suss out truth from fiction. All right, Brian, the Saudis. Obviously, Joe Biden has spent every minute of his now almost two years as president poking them in the ribs. They have, in turn, started poking him back. But we're going beyond oil prices now. Now, apparently, the Saudis and the Chinese are getting in bed. What's happening? Yeah, so about four or five years ago, the, the Chinese and the Saudi government started growing their relationship a bit closer, but it's gone basically on steroids in the past six to nine months. And that's because the Saudis don't like Joe Biden and vice versa. So obviously the, the Saudi government is looking for new trade partners, increasing the trade that they have with existing ones, and that is China. So China is now investing over $5 billion just in the first six months in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has become China's number one supplier of foreign oil. So that's frightening when we think about our greatest enemy is now you know, buddying up with Saudi Arabia, which is one of the, the greatest oil providers in the world. And in fact, solar and wind ain't there yet. Electric vehicles aren't there yet. So we still need oil supply. And if we're not going to produce it, and we're not in this country because Joe Biden doesn't want us to, we're going to go find that oil somewhere. The Saudis are one of them, and they're turning away from us. So one of the more interesting things that was said yesterday, if I may add this, the Saudis said to the world, look, United States, you are tapping into your strategic petroleum reserve, your emergency reserves, and you may find it in the next number of months that that was a very bad decision. What did the Saudis mean by that? We don't know. Sounded like a warning to me. So we'll see what comes from that. Okay, Brian, well, let's game this out because that sounds pretty ominous to me. We need that oil reserve in case of emergencies to keep the country running. It needs to be full. If oil prices are about to skyrocket, that could be a budget-breaking item if we have to go pay premium prices to restock the strategic oil reserve. Do I have that maybe about right? Well, well you sure do, but let's, let's talk about it most, uh, yeah, how it could impact you and I and everybody listening and watching right now. It's going to bust our budgets. We are going to pay a massive premium at the gas station and for uh, all of the products that require petroleum, right? But then, of course, God forbid, if we end up in a war with Russia or China, that's going to create a problem for us if we don't have that, that reserve, you know, built up. Golly. Scary times. All right. Well, actually, that leads me right into this. I got a headline a couple days ago that we have 25 days of diesel fuel left. And that was a couple days ago. So my powers of math tell me that means we have 23 days of diesel left in this country. Do I have that right? Yeah, my friend, look, we, we've got a problem. Gasoline, uh, diesel, natural gas, we've got oh, heating oil. This is a crisis, most especially for a problem right now, but it could grow into a crisis all the way from Maine down to Georgia, the eastern seaboard, really our New England states are in big trouble. The reason why here is that there is really only one pipeline that services the East Coast, the big one, Colonial Pipeline, and it has been full of all different kinds of products for a while now. One of them has not been diesel. We've got a refining challenge in this country for gas and diesel, so there's a shortage, right? And here's the big challenge and the big problem. The New England states, New York, all the way up to Maine, they don't get access from that pipeline. They have to have it shipped in, mostly from abroad. So they're competing 
with the Europeans in the international market. So that means they're paying a massive premium for what they can even find out there. So that's why we're seeing this crisis, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. There's a little bit more uh, coming online through the Colonial Pipeline next month. But the next next four weeks is going to be really tough for a lot of people on the East Coast, especially in the New England states. And then God only knows what's going to happen in wintertime. We have a tough winter. We are all in trouble for those of us who live on the East Coast. Brian Dean Wright, President's Daily Brief Podcast. Thank you, my friend. You betcha. All right. Well, that, that sucks. <laughs> That's so terrible. That's terrible news. I want to talk about something good. Don't you want to talk about something good? All right, let's talk about something good. Let's talk about the meatheads who work on this show. One of them, who will go, I'm not going to name him. His name's Michael. One of them takes his shoes off in the office, and sometimes they stink. You know what he's done now? He took an Eden Pure Thunderstorm... And he plugged it in in a box with his shoes in said box. One hour. One hour later, the odor's gone in his shoes. These these things are miracles, I'm telling you. Put an Eden Pure Thunderstorm where you sleep. Put it in your general living area. Put it in the kids' room. These things constantly clean the viruses and mold in your area. They don't cover up odors. They remove them because your air is being cleaned like nature does after a thunderstorm. They're just these little black boxes. It's a miracle. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE gets you $200 off the three-pack. They're selling three-packs right now. A three-pack for under 200 bucks is unheard of. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE. We'll be back. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, there was this weird announcement. DOJ said, we're going to have a big announcement coming up. And then they got up and gave this announcement. And there's something about espionage agents and recruiting people here. And because I don't trust anything or anyone in this government anymore, I just found the whole thing to be odd. So we called up our friend Natalie Winters, hopefully can reveal something that I can't see in this whole thing. She's, of course, the Bannon's War Room co-host. Natalie, okay, you did some reporting last week about big pharma and China and espionage. And is there some kind of connection here or have I seen too many James Bond movies? (laughs) No, you're totally spot on. And I think this all goes back to really the guiding principle behind the Chinese Communist Party's actions towards the West. And that's the doctrine of unrestricted and really unconventional warfare, which is the idea that China, and more precisely the Chinese Communist Party, is trying to really take over uh, the United States and become its own global hegemon without actually having to fire a shot. And how they do this is by engaging in other forms of warfare, technological warfare. You see that with companies like Huawei, which really are seeking to be the kind of 5G network for the entire world, Um, but also with information warfare and partnering with a lot of American businesses, like you mentioned. Um, A lot of these big pharma firms, obviously they want market access in China, but in order to do that, you sort of have to pay respects to the Chinese Communist Party. And a lot of times uh, the companies do this by partnering with organizations and oftentimes universities 
um, that are totally under the thumb of the Chinese Communist Party, but oftentimes partnered even with China's military, the People's Liberation Army too, because unfortunately in China, there really is no division um, between the military and civil life. And you, of course, saw this with the research that was going on at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and COVID-19. So the indictment that you saw come out of the the Biden regime is another example of how the Chinese Communist Party is really trying to infiltrate the United States in all sectors. But uh, don't buy the Biden regime's kind of pre-midterm pivot that they're now hard on the Chinese Communist Party because they indicted two people from Huawei. I would call this uh, performative activism at its finest, as it was Joe Biden and people like his family members, Hunter Biden, who've allowed Chinese companies to gain footholds in the United States in the first place. Natalie, you've done the research on this. I haven't, so I just piggyback off of everything you say. But how how <laughs> pervasive is this kind of stuff here in America? How, how infiltrated are they? We know about the Confucius Institutes at universities. We obviously know about them stealing intellectual property. We, we know it's bad. I mean, they were driving Senator Feinstein around California, so it's bad. How bad do you think it is, asking for an opinion? Well, you could probably have me on your show every day for five years for two blocks and I wouldn't even be able to scratch the surface of Chinese Communist Party infiltration in the United States. So unfortunately, the answer to that is is monumentous. I would argue that America is, is radioactive with Chinese Communist Party influence. And we've, of course, done a lot of reporting into this. Um, previously, my work at the National Pulse, too. But I think what people need to understand is that the efforts to infiltrate the United States um, it's not just sort of haphazard actors. These are state-run actors operating as part of what's known as China's United Front Work Department, which is a multi-billion dollar political warfare department that's under the auspices of China's military. That is the same military that is probably soon going to attempt to invade Taiwan. Um, but the Chinese Communist Party views political warfare and infiltration really at the same caliber that they do as they do kinetic warfare. And this department has been flagged, of course, by you know entities here in the United States as seeking to infiltrate business leaders, political leaders, leaders in academia and media. But really what it goes to, and at the core of the United Front, uh, Mao Zedong, the former chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, likened it to a, quote, magic weapon um, to ensure that communism defeats democracy. Um, and I think that that's what you see at the end of the day. It's a lot easier to overtake the United States if you've sort of already knocked off a lot of the high power, high, highly powerful players in society, right, all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, people you've bought off either with money or with blackmail. So that's how the Chinese Communist Party does it. They strategically go after people who are very powerful. Um, so it's a lot easier to kind of take over a country from within, really without having to ever fire a shot. Well, at least we know there's nothing they can blackmail the Biden family on. Okay, speaking nothing of powerful all. people, <laughs> yeah, speaking of powerful people, Bill Gates. Now, I openly admit I cannot stand this human being. I think he is one of the most vile, destructive humans and frankly genocidal on the planet, but that's my opinion. Does he fit into this puzzle somewhere? He normally does. As always, yeah. Bill Gates gives, uh, the Gates Foundation, I think, gives charity and philanthropy a, a very bad and very dangerous name, unfortunately. Um, but the Gates Foundation, really, I would say, kind of carrying on the legacy of Bill Gates's uh, 
business endeavors is the founder of Microsoft, which believe it or not, Microsoft actually created Windows China Government Edition. So they actually run the technological infrastructure that the Chinese <laughs> Communist Party uses to administer their country. Um, but the Gates Foundation has really been, I would say in the last few years, increasing the amount of money that they've been giving to Chinese state-run entities um, to fund what they euphemize as you know, philanthropic ventures. Um, a lot of this being in the sector of healthcare and, and pharmaceutical industry type type grants. Um, but most recently, um, even just yesterday, I reported that the Gates Foundation gave nearly half a million dollars to a Chinese Communist Party run university that is very closely linked to China's military um, to help it become sort of a global hub for manufacturing healthcare products for the entire world. They also recently gave a, a grant to the Clinton Health Access Initiative to help create oh. uh, China as a more kind of, I would say, manufacturing base um, for pharmaceutical drugs um, and healthcare products. Um, and what's so crazy about this is that they really say the quiet part out loud. If you read the grants and you read the subtext, um, the Gates Foundation is, is very open in their mission to make China kind of a, a hub of, of uh, biopharmaceutical engineering and the manufacturing of healthcare products. Um, they've also given grants to organizations very closely tied to the Wuhan Institute of Virology um, and have given millions of dollars to fund scientific research in China since the onset um, of the COVID-19 pandemic, which if we learned anything, it's that, you know, we don't want any any dollars, let alone U.S. tax dollars, let alone Bill Gates's dollars, uh, anywhere near the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. China getting involved in our elections? I mean, I'm, I'm only assuming if they're that involved in our society, they're going to try to stick their nose or have stuck their nose in our elections. What are we thinking for the midterms? Well, unfortunately, the answer is yes. Uh, we reported yesterday that a group known as the Carter Center, named after, of course, former Democratic President Jimmy Carter, um, which not only has been partnered with China's Ministry of Civil Affairs on election administration in China, but they've actually accepted funds and have collaborated for decades with uh, groups part of China's United Front, as I mentioned before. Um, but the Carter Center is actually being brought in by a lot of swing states, primarily in Georgia, Michigan, Florida, Arizona, and North Carolina, to serve as, quote, nonpartisan election observers, uh, whatever that means. But unfortunately, we've seen the, this type of, I would say it's information warfare, um, be used in previous elections. The Carter Center was used in 2020 um, during the Georgia election audits to say that there was no fraud and to affirm um, Joe Biden as the victor in that state. Um, so what you're seeing here is is actors like the Carter Center um, really be leveraged by the mainstream media, by the establishment to, be pr to pretend to be independent adjudicators of election results. Um, there are the people who I'm sure coming up in these midterms will say if Republicans win, um, that it was only because of fraud. Um, but in reality, I think it's important for people to remember uh, that these so-called nonpartisan election observers um, are not nonpartisan, and nor are they, you know, passive observers. They come from a clearly partisan group. Obviously, the Carter Center is left wing, um, but also a group that has very, very concerning ties to the Chinese Communist Party. You can read the full report. It's it's too much to get into. You know, I think we have enough time um, on WarRoom.org. Um, but it's safe to say that the Chinese Communist Party is funding the group that is choosing the people who are going to be observing our upcoming elections. <laughs> well, good. Well, at least it's only states like Arizona, Michigan, and North Carolina. I mean, we don't have to worry about them because they're not swing states or anything. Natalie Winters, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Come back. Thank you. I love gadgets. You love gadgets? Want to see something cool?
Check this out. Sorry, I probably should have been ready for this. Check this out. It's my wallet, all right? It's where I keep all my credit cards, ATM card, health insurance card, all that stuff. You want to see something really cool? So you see the cards there in the top, right? Now check this out. Why aren't they coming out? Oh, that's because they're locked in. But how do you get them out, Jesse? You just squeeze, and they pop up and come right out. You just squeeze, they pop up, come right out, and lock back in. You can get these with the loop on it or without the loop on it, but they all have this little lever right here, locking your stuff in, and they pop right out. Tell me how sick that is, plus the American flag one, right? Where do you get this? Grip 6. They have cool belts, too, by the way. I have one of their belts. Go to grip 6 dot com promo code jesse20 is how you get these gadgets baby grip6.com promo jesse20 the problem we have is not that we have psychos in our society you know deranged dishonest lunatics every society in history has had those tiny tribes have those that's not the problem the problem we have in America is our deranged, dishonest psychopaths run the country. They run your media, they run politics, they run your university system. You're gonna love the latest and greatest out of Georgetown. It's only gonna cost you about 50K a year to send your kid there, and that may be undershooting. Joining me now, my friend Amber Athey. She is the editor of The Spectator, Washington editor of The Spectator, and host of Unfit to Print. Amber, what are they doing at Georgetown? Oh, nothing good. I can tell you that, Jesse. I recently launched an investigation into Georgetown Medical School and discovered that they are teaching students how to administer hormone therapy and puberty blockers to minors. Um, the course that this is being taught in is actually a first year foundational course, meaning it's required for future doctors. And the individual who gave a guest lecture on transgender healthcare, Dr. David Reitman, insisted that gender differences can be present in children as early as infancy, that their gender dysphoria can firm up by the time they're five or six years old, and claimed falsely that puberty blockers are completely and fully reversible. To me, this is demonic, this is evil, and this doctor who is teaching this to people who are going to be practicing medicine very shortly um, ought to be removed from his teaching position at Georgetown. Amber, it is, well, it is demonic and it is evil. And this stuff concerns me greatly because, again, we're talking about doctors. I mean, we could go into lawyers, but doctors, people walk into their doctor's office, at least they did pre-COVID, and they trust that the person they're talking to knows more about medicine than they do. Amber, I haven't felt that way for at least two years. I have a growing distrust in the medical community, and it's because of crap like this. Exactly. There's no reason for people to trust a lot of doctors now. And it's a real shame because we have to look somewhere for medical decisions. You know, I didn't go to medical school. There's a lot of information I don't know. But each and every day, it feels like a better option for me to do my own research than to rely on people who have repeatedly lied to us over the past number of years. In England, their National Health Service just released new guidelines for children who suffer from gender dysphoria, and they make it pretty clear that the best course of action is to put these children in therapy or psychotherapy and allow them the opportunity to grow out of these feelings, which the vast majority of children who have gender dysphoria do grow out of it by the time they reach adulthood. But at Georgetown University, instead, they are teaching future doctors that unless they put these kids through irreversible treatments, 
then their kids are going to commit suicide or they will be forever unhappy and those doctors will be responsible for that. It's emotional blackmail. Okay, so how are the freaking Europeans better than us? Because this is becoming a consistent theme. How, did, how in the world did the land of the free degenerate this fast? Yeah, it's truly shocking. I uh, never thought that I would see the day when the Brits had this figured out before we did. But unfortunately, our culture has really succumbed to the woke mob and a small minority of vocal progressives who believe in some very evil stuff, whether that's abortion unlimited, whether that's the uh, mutilation of children, have taken control over so many aspects of society from corporations, now medical schools, to Hollywood, to our government, to our public health officials. Everything is corrupted by this perverse ideology, and they've really made an art out of canceling and destroying people who disagree. Amber Athey, go read her stuff I do. Thank you, Amber, I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. All right, don't worry, we still have a light in the mood coming. Now, let's talk about election day. You know we're less than two weeks away from election day, right? It was two weeks as of yesterday, I figured that out on my own. but. Every day is election day now. Now that corporations in America have taken sides with the communists, you actually cast a vote every single time you purchase a good or a service. You know that now? You know? When you pay your health insurance premium, you're voting. Who'd you vote for? Because if you have any one of the major carriers, you voted for communism. You voted for puberty blockers. If you have one share health, you voted for your values. Who'd you vote for today? One Share Health is a faith-based insurance company. They share your values. Same great coverage, same great prices, whatever you need, vision, dental, 24-7 telehealth. They have it all at One Share Health, but it's your values. They give 5% of your monthly to veterans struggling with PTSD. Like I said, your values. Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash kelly. Promo code Jesse Kelly gets you 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. Go now. You didn't think we were done with the Fetterman stuff, did you? I mean, you didn't think someone was going to put on a performance like that and we were just going to leave that alone? Oh, the production staff dug in <laughs> and did some editing. Before we talk about that, though, let's get over this real quick. Let's get over the fact you're not cooking your steaks right. Don't, don't throw things at the TV, fellas. Let's get over the pizzas you make at home. Homemade pizza night is the fam. It's a fun night, right? Except the pizzas always suck, don't they? Do you know why? It's not your fault. There's nothing you can do about it. Your oven doesn't get hot enough. Normal ovens would never get hot enough. Steakhouses, they're cooking those steaks perf to perfection every time. It's super high heat. Pizza places, why it tastes so much better there than your homemade pizza night? High heat. Schwank Grills brings that to your home. And maybe the best part is it's portable. It's not just that it cooks at 1,500 degrees. We're talking steaks in three, four minutes, pizzas in three, four minutes. It's not just that. If you want to take it to a tailgate, take it to a tailgate. You want to bring it out back by the pool, bring it out back by the pool. You bring the Schwank Grill where you want. Also, you get it $150 off right now. 
Go to schwankgrills.com. Promo code JESSE is what gives you $150 off, so don't forget that. Schwankgrills.com. Promo JESSE. All right. Here's one more round of Fetterman. I absolutely support fracking. You have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. Uh, I've I've always supported fracking. Fracking? Yeah, fracking. No, I I, I don't support fracking uh, at all, and I never have. Uh, I've I've always supported fracking. I don't uh, support fracking. I, I think it's something that has to eventually go away. Uh, I've I've always supported fracking. Liar! And I never have. I've always supported fracking. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts, of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.